Good morning. Good, good morning to you. How's it all going? Oh, you know, it's going good, you know, in the, in the swing of classes and, you know, exploring the Boston area. Yeah, is this week two or how long has it been now? I don't know, like week two and a half, maybe? I don't, I'm not sure. Time is blurring. <laughs> <laughs> I know, right? Well, tell us a little bit about Boston. What have you discovered about the city so far? Um, you know, I've, I got used to the tea, the trains, the subway, so I did that and checked out a few cool bookstores downtown and, you know, walked around my neighborhood and stuff like that, but, um, you know, classes kept me busy, so I've really been, been holed up in my apartment and, and a lot of reading, a lot of reading. Ooh. Well, of course, this is a creative writing program, so. <laughs> yeah. I'm taking a class uh, where we do 17th century German philosophy. Oh, my God. Wow. Something well, I know zero about. <laughs> yeah, I, I knew zero about it prior to this class, and I still know zero about it because I don't understand a goddamn thing. Ooh, well, you're on your way, though. <laughs> Hopefully. Oh, my gosh. How are you? How have you been? I'm good. I'm good. Oh, I was going to say, like, so I feel like public transportation is just such a daunting idea to us Texans. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, how does this work? <laughs> it was quite easy to get the swing of once I, you know, once I, like, wrote it once. I was like, oh, okay, like, this is this is way easier <laughs> than I thought it would be. Yeah, but it's like, I find it to be so much better than, like, living inside of your car. Oh, yeah. Well, because my car would usually become a dumpster, so... <laughs> yeah, no, I really appreciate public transport. What's going on with me? Oh, I don't know. I feel, I guess it's been, I mean, I know I probably told you that I saw a QAnon protest in the city. <laughs> so that's a thing that is occurring. Um, and then I went to the movies yesterday. What did uh, you Oh my gosh. I don't know if you would have heard of it. It's called the Broken Hearts Gallery. Oh yeah. I, I, yeah, I saw a trailer for that in front of um tenant actually you saw it in front of tenant yeah super <laughs> random right very random i mean massive netflix romantic comedy energy off of this movie i don't know why it's in cinemas um but i guess there's not much to put out but i was just like it was it was probably the cheesiest thing i've seen in a long time but it did tick all the boxes because i've just been struggling with like really bad pms so i was like <laughs> i want to see a romantic comedy and um yeah it was it was just incredibly cheesy like too cheesy for my lactose intolerant self to be honest but you know <laughs> i mean i love the the lead actress in that gwendolyn something i can't recall her last name but she was in blockers and that was a whole oh, yes. yeah yeah I, I i didn't know anything about her until i got out of there and and looked up um everybody's wikipedia i think the guy there's a guy from stranger things in it as well Oh yeah, he's the the lead the lead romantic romantic lead. <laughs> Excuse me, yeah. he, he looks like half the most attractive man you've ever seen in half cartoon. Oh yeah, um, he has like a strange looking face. <laughs> yeah, but I'm still I'm still down. But I was 100%. like, he kind of looks like a cartoon. I don't know. <laughs> he had a mullet in Stranger Things, and for some reason, he was hotter there than he is with like regular period appropriate hair. <laughs> Got you, got you. But I was just wondering, after looking up these actors online, like, why are all the Australians coming and taking American jobs? <laughs> I was like, they're both Australian. I, I thought, you know, one of them, but I was like, both of them? I was just like, okay. I mean, not, unnecessary to deport these people in for this, like, stupid rom-com set in New York, but fine. <laughs> they did what they had to do. Um... But yeah, and then I started a book called The Separation by Katie, I don't know, I'm going to butcher this last name, Kitamira. It's not, um, there's like a foreign language film that won an Oscar, I think a couple of years ago, called A Separation. That's what I thought this book was. Oh my God, okay. <laughs> I, what? I, have, I have the same book and I thought the same thing. Oh my God, no way. Yeah. <laughs> I started reading this and I was like, this isn't Iran, like... <laughs> I, know. I was like, this is not what I thought it was going to be. 
Well, uh, oh my God, that's so funny that we had this same exact situation. That's crazy. I bet a bunch of people have done this. They're like, oh, that foreign language film. Like, let yeah. me know. <laughs> Very misleading. Not fair. <laughs> Did you finish it? Did you read it? No. Because <laughs> I got mad. <laughs> and I was like, I'm going to read something else. <laughs> I'm going to finish it because it is like, I mean, it is like really well reviewed and apparently it's a good one, but I was like, this is not what I thought it was. And so I was looking forward to like reading something and then going and watching a foreign language movie. Like it was going to be a whole experience for me, but <laughs> whatever. I so. brought it, I did bring it with me to Boston because it is, it is on my list of things I need to read as is the hundred other books I brought with me. So yeah, I mean, it seems like well, I do, I did think that like during like height of quarantine that I would be a better reader and it's been kind of, it's been better recently. And I think it's just because like, I'm, I'm kind of saturated with like social interactions. Like if I have like two in a row, I need a break. And like, I didn't expect that to happen. I thought I would be soaking it up. But like once I've done, once I've had like two dinners in a row with people, especially entertaining at our own place, I'm like, I need to get stuck into seven movies and a bunch of books to just sort of unload because I'm a lot more I think I'm a I think I'm socially awkward sort of always because I'm always talking too much or like people pleasing or like really worried about how I look and so since I I feel like it's exacerbated at the moment like interacting with people it's like kind of a chore I feel myself getting tired yeah I'm jealous I am so <laughs> lonely up here I I hate to hear that. Craving human interaction. Not in a bad way. I mean, you know, I can entertain myself for days and I, I do love my yeah. own time, but it's hard because people up here don't want to be meeting up with strangers or meeting new people, which I mean is, is fair, fair enough, but it sucks. <laughs> I think it's probably the same. Like I haven't, I can't even imagine a, like speaking to a new person for like longer than like a hey how are you goodbye <laughs> kind of thing yeah. like um so the friends we have in the city are kind of like I don't know like family in a way but you know you can always come here whenever you want um I, I'm I'm waiting for money I'm waiting for school money and then <laughs> you're gonna find me a ticket and we're gonna work this out because I'm, I'm getting over there before yeah I know <laughs> oh before the election you said no, I'm just kidding, because I was, like, joking about escaping the country. It's probably not feasible before the election, but, <laughs> um, like, I might need to yeah. escape the country. Yeah, you can come in quarantine for a couple of weeks, and then we can go and, you know, hang out. But, yeah, no, I'm definitely just, like, I now it's getting closer, like, since it's nearing the end of September. It's, like, okay, I'm supposed to go to the States in November, and it's going to be a few weeks after the election. And I I know I've expressed to you, like, are we, shouldn't we be feeling kind of anxious about this? Isn't this going to be fucking wild? Um, but maybe it'll be nothing. Maybe it's just me reacting to just certain news I've read, but I don't know. No, yeah, I've been reading a shit ton of stuff that is scaring the hell out of me. So, <laughs> like, I, I'm just glad I'm not going to be in Texas <laughs> on, well, on election oh, day. Oh, what have you been, what, what, what have you been reading? Are people just, like, speculating on people's behavior? Yeah, speculating on people and sort of, I mean, what Trump is saying about, like, you know, the results and whether or not he's going to accept them. And, and if, if there's protests against the results, he's going to shut that down with, like, military force, like, all this bullshit. And, I mean, you know, the the increasing violence when it comes to these these protests that are going on with these these right-wing assholes showing up brandishing guns and you know of course it escalates to a point where violence happens and it's i mean yeah. election day is just going to be worse you know how like at the convention he was all like there was that comment about like oh say 12 more years and that'll really make him angry or whatever he said yeah i actually thought about that a lot because i was just like mm, you know like i I don't really see, like, th like we, I don't see that, you know what I mean? I think once he's done, he's done. But also, like, I feel like there's not enough conversation about how the convention was run by his kids and how we're 100% going to see them trying to run for president at some point. We're being right? set for an Ivanka Trump presidency, 100%. I know, and I was saying that back in 2016 because I was like, and I was just like, but why though? Like, is it big, but... I mean, <laughs> why, has she, why has she completely, like, become a politician? I mean, you could say that about all of them, but, like, her in particular, I feel like she, yeah, 
I feel like Don Jr. wants to because he wants to please daddy, but Ivanka is who he likes the most. Um, but we don't even really know, like, I mean, I guess we probably do know, like, what she stands for, but, like, she definitely a- attempts to be more likable. She She's trying much harder than, obviously, like, Don Jr. would be, and I'm just like, I mean, are we going to see, like, an AOC Ivanka run? Because, I mean, I'm sorry, I know it's bad, but, like, oh, I want this. <laughs> <laughs> I want mean, this more than anything, anything in the world. AOC <laughs> would demolish Ivanka. Number one, number two. I just don't understand, like, if she, like, if that is what they are gutting for. If that is what his children are actually going for, some sort of like weird political dynasty, like the Bushes or something. I just don't understand how they're. It's appealing to them after seeing this sort of things that have happened during their father's presidency. You know what I mean, like. I would be ready for the hills. All of which which he deserves, obviously. But I mean, like, God, like, if they were to get into office, I mean, it would just be the same shit over and over again. Yeah, I mean, anybody who wants to be a president is kind of a lunatic. I mean... A bit of a masochist, yeah. You could... I don't think you could pay me to do it. Like, no. I I think I would, like, jokingly think it was fun and then do it and then be like, oh... I'd quit. I'd quit. I'd have to find a new job. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be on unemployment um, from, quitting, from quitting being president. Um, but yeah, I guess I guess it's really interesting to kind of talk about this. Um, and since we're going to be getting into the social network today, just because um, we didn't, I mean, watching the social, ne- social network in 2010, I didn't think that it would be as big of a controversy as it is now. Like even, even in 2010, when Facebook had been around for a while, like, Oh. oh my god, I know. I mean, like, Aaron Sorkin, the writer of The Social Network, has even said, like, that there's enough material, more than enough material for, for a sequel. And <laughs> I, for one, would love oh, to yeah. see Jesse Eisenberg on Capitol Hill, you know, sparring with whoever is playing AOC <laughs> in congressional uh, hearings. No, it's it's just like, because, I mean, the, the the movie is about kind of the beginnings of it and how he sort of he got rid of Eduardo Saverin and you know brought in Justin Timberlake and all of this stuff <laughs> it's, like, it's like petty you know it's like about it's kind of about friendships um whereas now it's like he's just this robot man who is so powerful and I think that like the amount of billions that he had in 2010 I mean I, I know he must be even more wealthy like one of the wealthiest people in the world because at the point at that point it was just like the youngest billionaire and it's just like now it's like one of the biggest billionaires (laughs) yeah I mean it's absolutely insane the way I mean it's blown up and I mean like it's kind of funny that we were just talking so much about politics because Facebook has become so so enveloped in sort of the political machine and there was a so or like a, a, a memo like an internal memo that leaked quite recently um mm. i was actually reading about it yesterday about um international governments using facebook to to sort of like sway elections and and and, and influence voters um with misinformation and i mean like all of which we we sort of knew was going on but this internal memo leaked from a data analysis or yeah. data analyst, excuse me. And so, I mean, it's just interesting how this social media, and I mean, you have Twitter is sort of the same where it's getting sort of wrapped up in this this political discussion. I mean, Facebook is said to be this sort of conservative echo chamber. And I mean, Zuckerberg has done absolutely nothing to sort of prevent that from happening i mean it's i is it just too big because i i've listened to quite a few podcasts and stuff recently and then i just watched the social dilemma on netflix um just a couple of nights ago and i was just thinking like like for instance the fact that like facebook has now made it against their user rules to create a militia on facebook um (laughs) so it's against the rules to do that (laughs) like and it's just like um my question is is there is there is there a loophole there if you're already a militia and then you join facebook (laughs) 
Well, they have to, the, the thing that's so bad is you have to rely on other users to report these things. So if you're in an echo chamber, why would someone report it? I mean, exactly. Yeah, I see plenty of stuff. Like I, I think I have around 800 or so friends on Facebook. I've had it since probably 2008 or so. And I remember getting it and it was one of those things that I just had and I probably didn't even realize that I had it. I know I set it up but it's just something I had and didn't start using for a while properly. And it was fun. It was just like tagging photos, sharing music, same shit as MySpace really. Yeah. And then, you, and then I, I was working on a photography project. So that was really great for me. I could put up photos that I've taken, try to generate new interest in my pictures and get jobs and stuff. And that became like one of the main things about it. And then, you know, and so, uh, you know, it was great in that way. And I'm, I'm, I'm sure it still is like having a Facebook page for your business, but it was, you know, it was me being like 17 with my small business. I did, I don't recall it, it just after all that time of generating so many friends, there are so many fuckers on my Facebook that I can't even log on. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and then I just like, it's funny that you brought up MySpace because I, I definitely had a MySpace really early on. And then Facebook came out, made a Facebook, but everybody was still on MySpace, but there was sort of, there was a yeah. shift, you know what I mean? Everybody stopped using MySpace and started using Facebook. And I mean, it just, it sort of, it sort of exploded. And it, it's, it's really interesting looking back at it now because at one point it was this cool hip thing for young people. Whereas yeah. now it's really like, the only people that post the joke is like the only people that post on Facebook are your like mom, you know what I mean? And like mom and her friends and, you know, just sharing like bullshit or whatever. And so people do post, they're posting it for their mom and like their family members kind of thing. Yeah. yeah. That's the only reason I update my profiles because like people, so people know where I am. (laughs) 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 I am still alive, like aunt in Minnesota kind of thing. Yeah, no, definitely. I've had to remove family members though. I just have this sort of like, I have a, there's like a region of my family that's just very, very religious. Oof. And I didn't, I didn't really know how, how it was until I got onto their Facebook. Cause in person, it doesn't really seem that way. <laughs> but I think I'd be, I would be very happy just to observe my family as a little project on Facebook. That is the main reason that it's there. But I, I do every time I log on and I do a scroll, all it is is engagement, baby pictures, um like weddings and then there's just like fake websites that are reporting stuff that's fake i saw one this morning and i don't i know you don't know about tiger king i know there's like, well there's the whole thing of like this woman killed her husband and Which like, I don't I saw, believe. yeah but i saw an article that was like body found of husband and it was from some website that was 100% not anything I'd ever seen before. So I didn't, I didn't click on it at all. I just go into my Google search and typed in the woman's name. Because obviously, if her husband was found, it would come up immediately from like every source on the internet and nothing did. And I was just like, people were commenting on it. And they were just like, oh my god, I knew it. And it's like, guys, like, this is fake. This That's is so not... Funny it didn't happen and i was just like i wanted to jump on the comments and be like guys like this is not a real article but i was like you know i'm just gonna let them have fun it's not that serious it's just a netflix thing but i was like wow like that's crazy and for a second until i looked it up i i thought maybe it was real as well but you know it's so funny that you bring that up because i literally saw carol baskin's dancing with the stars routine on Twitter this morning, her first, her her big premiere event. She was dancing to Eye of the Tiger. It was beautiful. Oh, I guess you need to milk your moment and just like, you know. I sure as hell would. Um, it's extremely problematic. I think I avoid, I, there's definitely times where people are posting inappropriate stuff politically that get unfollows. Like during Black Lives Matter, I was deleting people left, right, and center. Yeah. Oh yeah. And I was just like, I'm going to just completely log off. But I think, and then the social dilemma as well. I was just like, do we need to quit social media? (laughs) (laughs) I think we do. But if we will is the question. And I, for one, will not. <laughs> Until everyone mm. else does. 
I think I kind of just, I just control my thoughts on it. But I mean, just so that we don't get too off subject. So this movie, right? 2010, David Fincher. Yeah. Okay, this is my favorite. This is my favorite David Fincher film. This is maybe one of my favorite films from like the 2010 to 2019 decade. Did we see this yeah. together? Um, no, I saw it with my mom, actually. You know, I think I saw it with Christine and maybe Amy, but I don't know. Like, I may be making that up. Yeah, I know. I, I, I know it was definitely an AMC going into Arlington, like, in high school thing. Yeah, I saw it at the Cinemark in Mansfield with my mom. I was grounded at the time, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I, I probably was as well. <laughs> it's 2010. I was grounded for the whole year. <laughs> Um, the, I mean, this film is, is brilliant. I am a huge fan of this movie. It is compulsively rewatchable. Yeah. I have nothing but praise for this movie, honestly. It is Caucasian excellence. <laughs> At its peak. <laughs> <laughs> At its very peak. I mean, I don't think anything Hey, Rashida good. Jones is in it. <laughs> I know, right? Oh, yeah, she was. One you of, know, like, two people speaking roles. Yeah. Did you go and see it because you had an interest in social media at the time? Or, like, do you do you remember, like, what it was like when this film came out? I mean, I was, like, definitely... I mean, I was definitely still, like, a movie buff back then. So I think I had, like, you know, seen the reviews, heard of it, was really interested in it. And, um you know, sort of, sort of went for it and just, and just saw it. And I, I mean, I just remember being, like, blown away, like... Mm-mm. There's a lot of hotties in it. We've got we've got Andrew Garfield on the mic, Army yeah. Hammer, two Army Hammers. Uh, I can't say the things I want to say because my mom listens. Oh yay! Well, hey Stacy. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like this was like, but it was. But there's some big, massive people in the film, and it and it was definitely like their first big film or their their first kind of recognizable film to be like the sort of Oscar candidate. Like I didn't know who Andrew Garfield was. Didn't know who Army Hammer was. I kind of barely knew about him again until Call Me By Your Name. <laughs> um, and then even like like Rooney Mara, Rashida Jones, Dakota Johnson, there for a brief moment. Like they definitely eclipse. Like, well, Justin Timberlake, this is his best role. But I, I, feel like, I feel like he can't really make up his mind on what he wants to do, Justin Timberlake. Um, I don't yeah. know. Now he's just making like music for the Trolls movies, right? <laughs> I mean, that's probably some big paper, so I won't knock it. <laughs> but I mean, as an actor, like Justin Timberlake, he did some he did some movie where it's like, I, I think there was, it was like a time travel-y type movie and some kind of shit stuff. And then he came through with like Social Network, Inside Lewin Davis, like some really cool, cool movies. Um, but then I think he then exits and then he does an album that no one's going to listen to. So... <laughs> Yeah, this is definitely his best role. And I think it's sort of, I mean, he just embodies Sean Parker so well. And I think what's so interesting about this movie, um, I mean, besides the fact that it's like sort of like, I mean, it's obviously based on on real events and things like that is, I mean, Mm. typically I feel like movies like that, that are sort of capturing this moment in time don't age well. And with this movie, with The Social Network, it has aged very well. It has aged like a fine wine. <laughs> and mm, I, yeah. I think it, it is still, you know, sort of prevalent. I mean, I I know you've watched some documentaries about Silicon Valley. I mean, I I recently watched the one about Elizabeth Holmes. I've watched the TV show on HBO, so Silicon Valley. And um, I feel like it was sort of the first indictment of you know that culture in a really interesting way and so yeah. it, it, and a culture that still exists today so it, it, it sort of aged so well to me mm, that's true i mean i i would still like to see tom from myspace's biopic but fine <laughs> he's such an enigma though i have no i, I don't know anything about him he really yeah, just no. pointed left um, which is what I think Mark Zuckerberg should have done. Um, you know, it's never too late. <laughs> yeah, I think it is at this point. He need, Mark Zuckerberg needs to be literally in jail. Uh, well, why do you think that? I mean, just for his, like, complete lack of 
accountability. I mean, I'm sure there's shady practices going on at Facebook. His complete disregard for everything. I mean, what he did to um, the native land in Hawaii. He's just such a shitty person. <laughs> hmm. Yeah, no. I, I, I do like the early interviews of him where he's basically just like sweaty. And I feel like that didn't come across. But I feel like when David Fincher did this movie, he wasn't necessarily interested in being like, I need you to be exactly Mark Zuckerberg. Like, he just took bits and pieces from the story and he created a whole new thing. Like, did you find it at all misleading? Like, when you actually looked up the the real story of what did happen? Um... I mean, yes and no, just because, like, obviously there are going to be embellishments, like, dramatic embellishments for, for a film like this, you know what I mean? You need to create tension, and, and yeah. I mean, a story about coding and, and things like that obviously isn't going to necessarily be the most exciting thing if you if you copy it word for word. So, I don't know. I, I, that's one of, I think, the strongest aspects of of the, the film is that Aaron Sorkin sort of took this otherwise kind of boring story and really made it into something thrilling in a way and and something really i mean compulsively watchable i mean aaron sorkin's dialogue obviously is great and then you have the performances jesse eisenberg should have won best actor obviously i mean this i mean this movie in general should have fucking swept the oscars in in 2011 and it didn't the king's speech did and everybody's forgotten about that fucking movie because I was about to ask you what did win oh that's not a good choice at all it was fine but the social network was so much better wow I mean, especially considering the fact that it's so timely like it, it just it it it, exactly. ugh, it just captures the zeitgeist you know what I mean <laughs> what, what so David Fincher's last film was Gone Girl wasn't it um I think so which is, what I find interesting about him is that every take that every he does like a hundred takes or more of every scene, and um, like the the fast paced dialogue in this film, like from the immediate the first scene with him and Rooney Mara, like I remember being like, "Yep, I'm in, I'm in." Like I'm gonna watch <laughs> the shit out of this movie. I thought it was great. Um, just yeah, just from this, but to to think that this whole thing was created because some girl dumped him is not the case yeah you know what i mean i think that's what i that's what i take as misleading like his they made his sort of ambition seem so shallow whenever it's like there's no way that he didn't like by the end of the movie you see sean parker being like yo we're gonna take over the world and it seems a bit silly and it's like oh well mark has to be sort of like enchanted by him because he's sort of dangling the idea of billions of dollars in front of him it's like and you're supposed to think all the way through because the last scene of the film is him like clicking on the girl's Facebook that dumped him. And I'm like, I don't really buy that. I think that, I think that he was way more ambitious. Yeah, I mean, he definitely was way more ambitious, but I think what is interesting is sort of, you know, I mean, obviously Mark Zuckerberg, real life Mark Zuckerberg is gonna deny this sort of portrayal of him as this shallow person who founded this website based on this. But I, I, I do believe that there is some truth to um, to the story in the sense that somebody, I, I mean, especially if you look at his behavior now where he's sort of become this narcissistic media magnate, it's just like, there. Mm-hmm. I feel like there is some truth to and I mean, if you do create this giant social media company um, to quote unquote help people connect, there there <laughs> is there is some sort of narcissism buried within it. And so I, I don't know. I think I think I don't know that cliched uh, phrase or whatever. There's always three sides to the truth or whatever. Like you know, there's David Fincher's side, there's Mark Zuckerberg's side, and then there's the fucking truth or whatever. <laughs> Which like, is Erica I mean- Albright's truth. <laughs> yeah where's her film how is she doing um but like i feel like they're what i'm thinking about in my head is so you know like at the beginning of the social dilemma they're talking about like yeah like people have found like organ donors and they've been reunited with family and like you know like facebook does have all of these really good kind of redemption stories and like you know people are connected but like is it good for us to be as connected as we are like (laughs) <laughs> I think in healthy uh, doses. 
And healthy doses, yeah. But like, I mean, the absolute oversaturation of social media in our society has definitely not proven to be completely good. Yeah. You know, I mean, like, with all of these networks, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, you know, all of these things, I, I, I don't, I think the bad outweighs the good. Yeah. And whenever, whenever um, they have Sean Parker saying, you know, we lived in caves, we did this, that, and the other, now we'll live on the internet. Like, I think when I saw that in 2010, I was a bit like, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm feeling like a major fool, because especially with fucking coronavirus, it's just like, uh, I know, and I mean, even with this podcast, we recorded over the internet. I know, I know, but I mean, but I feel like it is fine to live like in your own bubble, but it's, it's hard, but whenever you see, like you, whenever you scroll on social media or when you're scrolling on like the guardian or whatever you're doing, like you're looking for something that you don't like, that is the ultimate sort of pull. Like you want to read bad news. You want to see like, you're waiting for a negative emotion. You want to be jealous you want to be like you want to feel this FOMO you want to see what you're missing out on or what is bad in the world and like I there's not really it's not really their fault that we're like this but it's like we've discovered this about ourselves because it exists yeah exactly I think especially social media when it comes to mental health because like you know you I mean especially if you have a lot of followers you become a sort of curator of your own life and you, you sort of become, you know, you pick and choose all of your best, happiest moments to make it look like you're having the best time possible. And what does that do to people who aren't having the best time? You know, it, it tricks them into thinking that their life sucks <laughs> and that they should be depressed and that they should, you know, do better. And I mean, I know I've fallen victim to that 100%. And, mm-hmm. you know, like, yeah. I... I didn't watch this. I watched this a very long time ago. I want to say a couple of years ago, but sort of like um, it was like a scientific look at the mental health aspects of social media. And sort of uh, one of the segments was about like the dopamine rush you get from like all of these likes and all of these like page views and comments and stuff like that. And how like it, I mean, you know, it, it becomes sort of a, a not an, I don't want to use the word addiction. Addiction is such a heavy word, but it, it becomes like such an investment in time. Addiction. It is an addiction. Like the, like the way that we interact with our phones is very, I'm constantly deleting apps, turning off notifications, and then like only to turn them back on again. And I, the only thing I'm really comfortable with is to have a social life with my own friends and to talk about things in a professional way. But I just don't, I don't know. I, I I don't really like to share other people's views. That's what I've ended up like. That's what's kind of triggering for me on social media. Like, do you know what I mean? Or am I not making sense? No, I I I totally get what you mean. Like, it to like I don't know. Like to that's that's I think it kind of becomes an echo chamber in that sense. And yeah. and. I don't know. I, I don't post a lot on social media. I don't really post a lot on Instagram. I don't post a lot on Twitter. I don't post a lot on Facebook. I, I really just read. I wish you did. <laughs> I know. I, that's what I want to see. I'd rather see that than like someone getting engaged that I haven't seen in 12 years. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, I, I go back and forth. I just, I actually, I actually created a close friend story on Instagram this morning. So be Ooh, prepared to on that. But, yes. but yeah, I don't that's know. A good yeah, there's something so talk- toxic about it. But let's let's go back to the movie because I feel like we're, we keep getting so off topic. Yeah, but, sorry. I mean, I think, I, <laughs> and I think, again, going back to the movie, I think that shows that sort of prevalence uh, of this subject matter. But I, I want to get into sort of um, some of your favorite aspects of the film. Like what, what drew you to this film? Has, has, it, has it stuck with you? You know what I mean? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's obviously this extremely tight script. And so like, there's not, you can't, it's, it's, you can't really walk out and then walk back into it and completely follow like what's going on. But I was least interested in Mark Zuckerberg. I was, I really wanted, I really liked um, Andrew Garfield's storyline. Yeah. 
Eduardo Saverin, and I really liked the twin storyline because it felt like that's why I was thinking like ha- like having Mark Zuckerberg seem like he was sort of shallow. This was sort of a revenge thing for his girlfriend, like from whenever he did the hot or not. And, and the first like the first scene, like the music, the fucking snow falling over the statues at Harvard, and uh. like the hot or not, and like the voice from the computers, and like everyone just sort of gathering around and you see what's happening in all these different corners and clubs at Harvard and I was just like damn like this is so so cool and but like from that point like from the point where he gets in trouble for the hot or not I was just I kind of written him off because I just thought he was just such a goobery little nerd and like there was something creepy about him to me but whenever he's talking to like the army hammer twins <laughs> um what are the, the winkle <laughs> yeah, I just liked I liked how you know, I liked how you couldn't really pick out a villain or a good guy. Basically, everybody's shit, right? Like, nobody is, is nobody is nice, except for Eduardo Sovereign. So that's who I thought I was. But I mean, he was just sort of gunning for money. So maybe he was just as evil. But I just kind of liked that there was a lot of different players. And you couldn't really predict how they were going to, like, where their story was going to go. And then once, I love a film where once it's over, you sit and you can actually, you know, you go through all of these different articles. And, you you know, it feels like kind of a, a history lesson, which yeah. I, I think I took for granted at the time. I didn't, I, I felt like this was something that was just, like, I thought it was going to be MySpace, Facebook, for the longest time. I figured that we were going to have something else. Yeah. Um, and even when Instagram came up, I thought this is a lot simpler of a thing and people don't have to like be annoying because at the start of Facebook, people were like, I've just gone to racetrack and got a 99 cent drink. And it was just like, <laughs> it didn't seem like it had any real like longevity. And so it is shocking um, to see that we were completely wrong. I mean, Twitter was like that as well. Like if you had 10 followers on Twitter in 2007, like you were doing pretty good. And it's just, yeah, it, it seems like it was sort of this kind of moment of innocence in a way. And that's what I really like about watching it because I feel like you're, you're a fool yeah. <laughs> um, for, thinking, for thinking that way. What about you? Yeah, I mean, like every, every aspect of, the, of, of it. I mean, like you said, the opening sequence, this sort of, uh, uh, the, I mean, the music. I mean, this is Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross's first collaboration with David Fincher. They go on to do Girl with the Dragon Tattoo and Gone Girl with him. I mean, the score is absolutely brilliant. It is perfect for this film. Um, the opening scene, I mean, of him, like you said, running through the snow in Harvard and parallel with these final clubs i mean everything i think everything about it is 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 perfect and i think you know it stands in contrast sort of to to a lot of uh Fincher's other work in that the palette is warmer it's a lot um of more yellows and like browns and and and, and warmer light whereas yeah. a lot of like gone girl girl the dragon tattoo is very cold very uh gray and white and, and so I love that aspect of the film. I mean, the performances, hands down, are, are amazing. You know, that monologue, Eduardo Saverin's monologue at the oh. end, um, lawyer up asshole, and he's like, um, sorry, I forgot my uh, Gucci at the dry cleaner. He's like, you're fuck you flip flops. I mean, it's just, it's just perfect. And I think, you know, yeah. I mean, Dakota Johnson showing up, we love Dakota Johnson. <laughs> that was her like first thing she ever did honestly it was and then i mean rooney mara you know i and and like you said like there is just i mean especially watching it now and i've I've watched it a few times over this last year actually because my old roommates had never seen it and so obviously i was like okay i need to show you guys this movie and i watched it again for this episode a few weeks ago and then i watched it um pretty recently a few days Mm. ago and you know it, it it's not only like compulsively rewatchable but it is so strangely prescient the isolation that social media brings about under the guise of bringing people together i think is one of the main themes of the film and 
you know, because all of these people start as friends or collaborators, but by the end of the movie, they're all alone. You know, Sean Parker is kicked out of Facebook. Eduardo Savern is kicked out of Facebook and he reaches a settlement with Mark and he no longer has his best friend. You know, the Winkleby are suing him and, you know, obviously not friendly with Mark. You know, mm-hmm. Mark is alone in the office at the end. So, I mean, it, it, it social media, which is supposed to bring people together, has isolated each of these characters um, and only inspired greed and only inspired, you know, this sort of isolationist mindset. And so I think that is one of my favorite parts of the film because I mean, like, and despite the warmth that I mentioned earlier, there is something cold and distant about the film. And I think that's just who Mark Zuckerberg is. So maybe that's why, (laughs) but I mean, I I could go on and on. I mean, I think one of my favorite parts as well is, you know, anytime the Winkleby twins are rowing. (laughs) The rowing scene. Yes. The rowing scene is so good. (laughs) I think, um, well, I mean, it's interesting that you say that because, you know, yeah, it's definitely pitched now as like a site that brings people together. But I think that, you know, for most of the film, Um, up until the very end, it was about exclusivity. It was about connecting with people at your university. Um, So, you know, we're not bringing, we're not talking about, um, or, you know, maybe alumni, I guess, but it wasn't about um, how, it's not how it is now where it is just sort of like moms and dads and aunts and uncles, like sharing uh, (laughs) fake news websites and all of that. But like, yeah, because the idea was that it was supposed to be or, I mean, the Winklevi just wanted it to be for, you know, girls to meet guys from Harvard and stuff like that. And it's just to be sort of a, a university only platform. And I feel like they kind of, they didn't really go over, they, they wanted everybody eventually, right? Yeah. But I, I didn't, I, I felt like at the time it was still, we wanted every school, you know what I mean? Like when did it shift from wanting all of the universities to it being every single person who is, what is it? Like, what's the age requirement to make a Facebook? It's probably, it's, I mean, it doesn't matter what it is, but. <laughs> um, yeah, and I feel like that's a bit like, obviously you'd have to have a .edu address to, to, to have a Facebook. And like, that was a big part of the story was the exclusivity, the exclusivity of it all. <laughs> <laughs> how many, how many, monthly users do you think Facebook has now? I don't, well, I mean, like, I don't, how much can that matter? I feel like there's so many that are just fake profiles. Do you know what I mean? Like, um, I know that there's, isn't there like 2 billion users? 2.7 billion. 2.7 billion? Yeah, that's like a third of the world. (laughs) It's fucking I don't know. I feel like even I've had a burner Facebook page at one time or the other, which was just like maybe for some creepy thing I was doing in high school. Yeah, I <laughs> I made like 18 Facebook profile pages so I could play Farmville and <laughs> so I could like gift myself all these like crops and shit. I was hella into Farmville in high school. <laughs> this is shocking. It's like you and Christian Martinez. Oh my gosh. Well, it's been, there's been so many different phases. There was definitely a point in like 2012 where like men who appeared to be from like, I don't know, India. I'm not sure where these men were from. They were like, I was, I kept getting wedding proposals (laughs) on Facebook. Well, like, there was definitely a phase of, like, men creepily sliding into Facebook DMs, which doesn't occur anymore. Um, <laughs> that kind of dropped I off. That shit. I mean, not to me, obviously, but to, I see people, like, post screenshots and stuff, which I'm like, is Facebook really the avenue for that? Like, no. I, I don't get that vibe from Facebook of, like, sliding into the DMs. I feel like that's, like, more of a Twitter or Instagram thing. It's definitely an Instagram thing, but I don't even know. I don't think I, I do get random things that are like, we can increase your followers. And it's like all these bot things. If my profile is not on private and sometimes I, I go in and out of taking it um, off and on of private, but like, yeah, there's, it's, 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 it's a bit crazy. And I feel like there's like, 
there should be people should verify their IDs on on accounts now. Or if it's if it's two point seven billion people already on Facebook, maybe it's just too far gone. But <laughs> yeah, I think the whole thing should just be done away with. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah. Abolish Facebook. Think, <laughs> abolish Facebook. I do, but you know what's really sad is that. I don't know if I'll, I, I guess I feel like I'll always have to have it. Do you know how much stuff I log into via Facebook? Oh and my I don't gosh, know, yeah. know the password. Literally yeah. everything. And Instagram. it's just so intentional. Um, in the social dilemma, they do talk about what's intentional and not intentional and how every single thing is really, is really taken from you. Like how long you look at something, what you do after you look at it. And you know, like, like, Nathan is definitely like he doesn't have any social media, um, which is really good for me. I love ha not having a partner with social media is good, <laughs> and so I kind of I kind of ask him um, like what it's like, <laughs> like it's like some sort of other world. <laughs> I mean, it kind of is. I mean, like, oh, that just blows my mind. And I like, and that's the thing is like, as much as I criticize it, I don't know if I could ever do it. I think that his thing is he doesn't really like being social, like, um, he doesn't like being spied on. He doesn't like being part of this sort of experiment, really. Um, and my whole thing, my whole response is like, well, I'm not doing anything that interesting, right? Like, who cares what I'm doing? Like, who cares if I'm constantly looking up, like, what's going on for, like, who, whoever Kaya Gerber is dating or whatever? Like, no one cares. But... <laughs> And that's the funniest thing is all of these people complain about privacy on social media and all of this stuff. But I'm like, you're putting your data on there. Like, what do you, like, what do you really have to hide? You know what I mean? Like, as far yeah. as like, I mean, I know there's the risk of getting your identity stolen, but there's only so much somebody can do with some pictures. And you're, <laughs> I'm like, like, who cares if like, they know what you're searching on Google? Like, like nobody mm -hmm. cares about you that much. Honestly, it's really convenient that, I search something and then I get 80,000 advertisements for other things that I might like as well, because then I don't have to search for anything else. <laughs> mm, yes. I think that it, I think that it could, it, it just depends on your temperament really. So yeah. like, like for, for me, like I, there's definitely these, obviously whatever I like on Instagram, it'll just show me more pages of that or more advertisements that are similar to the stuff that I like. And like what during quarantine, like whenever I did, whenever I had extra money, um, cause I was still, still making money and, and not going anywhere. Like I, I, I had like a little moment of like online shopping issues. It is not like I was buying really expensive things. I couldn't really afford that, but I would just feel like I would see something and I just wanted it. And it was like this sort of comforting thing. And I was like, I have to delete these apps so that I can't just be like, Oh, well, let me just search that, what that bag looks like on ASOS and see if I can find it. Like, I felt like that was kind of an issue. Um, but my main issue with with social media is political stuff, honestly. Yeah. So yeah. I get I get political stuff. It's like shut up, shut up. <laughs> but I feel like you're able to sort of take it in stride because you've been you've you've been interested for a long time. I even remember like your Sarah Palin calendar that you had. So when I was making fun of her, right from like. Barnes and Noble or something. It's hilarious. <laughs> but you are aware. I, I think I told you recently, like, I unfortunately was, I'm one of the people that got more interested in 2016 because it was this big polarizing thing I couldn't avoid. Whereas before that, I wasn't like going out of my way to be like, I just don't want to hear this stuff. It just did not come into my, my life. And I, uh, those were sweet times, you know what I mean? But I, 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 I definitely can understand that I, I lived in sort of a, in ignorance, but it wasn't my fault, you know, I didn't do it to myself on purpose. <laughs> and so now at this moment, I'm like, of course, I don't want to be really unaware because that's just careless. But there has to be a way for me to stop questioning my own thoughts and values um, every time I get online. And, uh, yeah, I'm still grappling about that. I mean, if we want to have a therapy sesh. <laughs> That'll be our next episode. <laughs> yes. 
no definitely and so i feel like the social the social network too like it does need to be updated it does need to be looked at and like the social dilemma was just like we do need to bring this up because it was by these big tech giants that were saying like we don't let our kids use social media like until they're a certain age like we yeah, educate yeah. them on this and so we have these tech giants that educate the people in their household they talk to their kids but like why don't they talk to us about it because um, they're making money off of us yeah mark zuckerberg is not letting his child get on facebook okay it's not, not, not on facebook not, <laughs> not on instagram yeah so she's got her leapfrog pad and she is that is it <laughs> Very, very true. Oh my goodness. But yes, that's all I have. Uh, now I'm going to be like afraid of social media all day today and then I'll get over it again. <laughs> exactly. You'll redownload. No, I remember, um, I, I won't say her name, but like one of our, one of our mutual friends, she was like, I deleted Facebook, but then I just went onto my browser to get onto Facebook. And I was like, no. <laughs> I said I need you to tell me who that was. <laughs> uh, I bet you could guess. I bet you could guess. And like, I, I have had moments where I'm like, let me creep on my friend's parents on Facebook to see what kind of political vibes. And it's been it's been rewarding. It's been wild. <laughs> yeah. No. Um, yeah. I, I I think I don't have the app on my phone right now, and I am going to log on to my browser. <laughs> I've never even gone so far as to delete the stuff. I like not once, not once in my life. I think that you're more controlled than you give yourself credit for. <laughs> Like I have, I have no control and no chill. Like I had like a slight breakdown in like 2016 where it was just mostly like hating all of my friends in my life. You know what I mean? And so like whatever I was like, I just started traveling loads, which like traveling is the easiest way to like make your social media look like you've really got a great life. And I mean, I did have a great life, but I was, it was very intentionally like all of my friends that I hate <laughs> are going to see that I don't need them anymore. And I was like, is that okay? Is that healthy? <laughs> I mean, for you, it's healthy. <laughs> <laughs> did I make someone else feel really bad? I don't know that. I mean, obviously that was the intention, but if I had to deal with that in any sort of real way, then I wouldn't want it. But I didn't have to like you know, with work, I'm always on my phone, right? And like, people are sometimes yelling at me. And I'm usually like, just watching TV and like, <laughs> like, you know, and so it's just really interesting, like, how you, you know, you do elicit responses from people online. And I wish there was kind of more of I wish, like, there was more sort of online fights in the social network, um, where there's whole films where people are fighting online or, you know, yeah. I wonder how they would tackle a sequel. Mm, it would need to be about, it would, it would probably just be centered around like the Russia, Facebook kind of thing, right? Yeah, with some sort of larger message implanted in there about how it's affected our lives, maybe. But mm. I mean, you couldn't make it too expansive without really losing focus. Yeah. That is interesting to think about what a sequel would be. I think that we're going to see, it's not going to necessarily be like David Fincher doing the social network too. Like, I don't think it's that, but I think that we are going to see more of how this story has played out over the years in another film. Um, I just don't know who's going to do it and what angle they're going to take. Yeah. I mean, for the record, it should be David Fincher doing the social network too. <laughs> <laughs> that is what you want. Yes, yes, yes. Well, um... I don't know. There's a lot of stuff to cover. I think, and I think that you'd have to, there's, you have to lump in everything together, everything that Facebook owns now, you know, like that wasn't a part of the original story. Yeah. I think it would sort of have to start, sort of follow the same sort of frame that the original film laid out in that it's focused on these hearings in Congress but it's going back in time and looking at specific moments, but over a wider time frame. So, you know, going back to like, right when, you know, it blew up maybe, and then like sort of going through its acquisitions and, and, and challenges it's faced over the years and culminating in sort of this uh, impasse that Congress and Mark Zuckerberg reach. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Much to think about. Much to think about. 
Much to think about for sure. But I mean, that sounds like a really good film for you. But the film that I want is a fantasy film that is not at all um, based on reality. That is like French Revolution style, um, getting rid of billionaires. Um, so. <laughs> I that too. Actually, I want that in real life, not fantasy. Let's. I mean, it, it's not that much work. There's not that many. You know what I mean? So. Yeah, <laughs> I'm coming for you, bitch. Yeah, exactly. I'm just trying to imagine a new reality. And so hopefully when I come to the States um, in like less than two months, um, you know, I can live that reality. (laughs) Right now. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Jeff Bezos film? Do you know what I mean? Like there is going to be quite a few things, especially coming out of like 2020, people are going to be thinking like, what are the stories that need to be told? What's really relevant at the moment? And it's a hundred percent these tech billionaires. Like oh. they should be rolling these films out like constantly. And I don't mean Steve Jobs. I don't want a Steve Jobs film anymore. You <laughs> fucked it up twice. <laughs> twice? Yeah, there's Ashton Kutcher's Steve Jobs and then there was someone else. Oh, I forgot about the Ashton Kutcher one. Cause I, I was like- Michael <laughs> Yeah, I was like, Michael Fassbender did one. What about? Because Kate Winslet was in the Michael Fassbender one. And I was like, dude, this is promising. And then I got bomb reviews. And I was like, oh. Imagine there being two Steve Jobs portrayals, and one is Ashton Kutcher, and the other is Michael Fassbender. <laughs> I just want to know who thought Ashton Kutcher would be a good Steve Jobs. I think that they were just like, I feel like Ashton Kutcher had like a Kodak sponsorship at the time, and they were like, he's really into tech. <laughs> He's perfect. Yeah, no, it, it was it was ridiculous. <laughs> like this is Ashton Kutcher's comeback. The guy from Dude Where's My Car, and I was just like, this is really stupid. Literally um, played idiots his entire career, and they're like, we're gonna make him Steve Jobs. I mean, <laughs> and I don't, I mean, I don't really hate him or anything, but yeah, that was crazy. And then my, and then Michael Fassbender. I mean, he can really. I mean, he's really good at everything, but yeah, no. Um, who would play Mark Zuckerberg in another film? I mean, you'd have to bring back Jesse Eisenberg. Yeah, I think he's available, too. <laughs> yeah, no, he's not doing anything. What is he going to do, Zombieland 3? <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh, man, I wish I would have thought about this before we recorded. Who, would, who else would make a good Jesse Eisenberg? Um, yeah, he is good. I don't know. Who else is like Jesse Eisenberg? I feel like him and Michael Sarah were like supposed to be hot at some point and it just didn't work for me. Um. No. <laughs> Michael Sarah could maybe be a good Mark Zuckerberg, like an older Mark Zuckerberg. I think that he would. I think that he's just sort of weird and like does seem a bit like he's from space enough. <laughs> but then you sort of take on this tone, it's like a, a funnier tone. And I, I don't know if that could be a, a good sort of vibe for the sequel because it's not really funny what's happening (laughs) (laughs) true 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 we'll have to give that some more thought and um you know talk about it again sometime i'm sure we'll have to record an episode on more tech billionaire films (laughs) (laughs) at some point in the future we probably will (laughs) Mm. what are some other very sort of relevant to the moment movies that maybe we should do um going forward especially with the election coming up I feel like we should be kind of election centric and uh, talk about more of this stuff and research more yeah I mean I definitely want to do something like that and I definitely want to do a spooky movie month or not month but maybe a spooky movie Mm -hmm. episode oh yes 100% I did one single white female recently so (laughs) I'd have to get back to you on some current event films to watch I mean yeah Definitely some brainstorming is going to be going on before before the next episode. All the, anyone listening should uh, watch the Wiener documentary on Netflix because that shit's wild. Anthony Wiener, not just Wieners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's probably there might be a couple things about Wieners on Netflix. Who knows? But no, the, yeah, Wiener. It's just called Wiener though, and it is about Anthony Wiener, and it's actually a documentary that he completely participated in. Um, which means that obviously it's just good. It's just crazy. And I would love to do an episode on it, but I'm not sure if anyone's seen it. <laughs> I'd be down. Yeah. Um, have you seen the yeah, film? Yeah. You don't have Hulu. No, I might be confined it though. Is it a Hulu documentary? Uh, the Hillary documentary is really interesting on there. 
Oh yeah, I don't think I have access to that anywhere. There, yeah, there's a whole bunch of stuff on Hulu that's not on anything else here. Huh. So I don't know. We we may have to do a sesh uh, for my like day and a half that I'm in Boston. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I think that's it for me. I feel like I mentioned everything um, except know. for Peter Jones's fringe in this film. <laughs> uh, oh, you know what? Before I forget, okay. So was there was there a hotter Winklevi twin? Or did they actually look identical? Because I felt they did not look identical. Are you talking about real life or both Army Hammers? Both Army Hammers. I thought they I don't were know about, hot. They were hot, but like one of them was very obviously more attractive. And I think it was like, I don't, they made, they made, it was the same exact face because it's Army Hammer twice, but one of them still managed to be a hotter twin. They had a stupid twin and an aggressive twin. It was probably the aggressive one. Mm, I think I liked the really smart one, the one that was like, calm down, we're men of Harvard. Uh, we're, we're gentlemen of Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> there was like, okay. there's two of me. I'm blah, blah, blah. Oh no, it's so funny. I'm gonna go watch it again. <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you, I was walking around the campus of Harvard the other day. <laughs> and I, I, I truly did feel like a gentleman of Harvard for five seconds. <laughs> What were you wearing? Like, I feel like you need to wear, like, <laughs> what were those Harvard students up to, fashion-wise? Oh, it was, like, all, like, sweatshirts and stuff. I mean, I was in a sweatshirt and jeans. <laughs> Ooh. That's so cool. I want to go to Harvard. Amazing. You know when you come. Mm, but, yeah. Well, you need to get back to me on which one of the twins is hotter. I will let you know for sure. <laughs> <laughs> perfect, perfect, darling. Well, I guess this is our show. All right, guys. Well, I'm Pam. And I'm Paisley. This is Little Film Club. Bye-bye.